Thanks for listening to the Tribe Church Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from some members of our community in what we call Tribe Stories. They're interviews with followers of Jesus here in our church, living in our context, and working to apply the teachings of Jesus to their lives. They serve as living illustrations of discipleship today, and we hope that they encourage you in your journey as well. Enjoy. Many of you know Eddie already. Um, You've seen him here early Sunday mornings, serving and setting up. You've seen him outside running around, setting up tents and tables and everything. And some of you may know his story and his lovely wife, Marta. But today we're going to hear a little bit about the reconstruction of his faith. I love these stories. Actually, Eddie and I could talk for a long time, and in fact, we did on Friday night for a long time hearing all these great stories. So I'd really encourage you, if you don't know him well yet, uh, spend some time getting to know him. But... um, Christian, I love that you shared about the different seasons in our life and how we all need a reconstruction because I think it's easy to look at that um, that season in your 20s when you're trying to figure out who you are and what your identity is and is going to be and then you expect that as you get older you should know by now and you should have this all figured out. So, so here we are in our 50s and we can say that this comes up again, right, in different seasons of our lives. So can you tell me what that was like Um, Tell us all what that was like when you began to question your identity, what led to it, um, and what that felt like, that process. Yeah, so uh, keep me on a straight line here. I'll go in all kinds of directions. Um, So I'd been a faithful disciple for many years. Um, I was baptized in uh, 94, and, you know, I mean, things were going great. Um, I had, you know... I, I tell people I barely graduated high school, but I was, you know, working for UPS, doing great sales, had great things, great marriage. I had kids, uh, Cody and Adiella. Uh, Adiella, I think, was probably about, uh, Cody was probably pushing five, and Adiella was about two and a half. And um, uh, my wife then told me that she wanted a divorce. And um, she was a disciple. We met in the church. And, uh, you know, um, at around this time, life was was very good, right? Professionally, making good money, um, kids, part of the church, right? Uh, uh, serving, uh, co-leading in kids' kingdom for many years. Just part, you know, of really, um, I was one of the remnant here in Austin before the church was planted. And so I think uh, for me was um, uh, when that happened, then I just kind of lost all faith. I lost my identity. It was like, okay, well, if, if I'm going to be a divorce guy, well, who am I now, right? I'm no longer this married guy. I'm no longer this um, uh, pillar, I guess, sort of in the church, right? Because, you know, and I got real mad because it was like I was doing everything right. I was faithful. I was serving. I was committed to God. But obviously, I think there was, uh, um, there was uh, something wrong. So this happened. And then uh, I, I think I just, I got mad and I lost focus off of God and I focused more on, on career rights, you know, cause I'd lost my, that job. So now kind of the same thing, right? You go from this big professional job to back to minimal wage uh, retail, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, having two kids and, you know, just questioning how am I gonna, how am I gonna support these guys? Now I'm a single father and so just a lot of those, a lot of that doubt um, and uh, just anger 
with God. Yeah, I like Christian the way that you described it as being me-centric instead of he-centric. And you had mentioned that there was a shift for you when before you were living for Jesus and then you switched from that he-centric to the me-centric and went down a very different path. What did that look like? Yeah, so um, it was... So then I really focused on me that I've got to do this, right? I've got to, I've got to support, you know, I got to find a career. I got to do this. And, and, um, uh, I, I was kind of living five lives. I had two jobs. So, right. I had this job and people knew me there. I had my retail job that was there and I still had somewhat of a church life. Right. And then I don't know what other life I had, but, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I did is, is because I got off focused, and I was also angry and I was going to go, I think, you know, thinking of scriptures or, you know, it says, uh, God doesn't give you anything more than he can, than you, you can handle. I'm like, you were wrong, God. Right. And I was like, I'm going to, so I got angry and I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and live. And I was perfecting, um, my rebelliousness. Right. I was, I was throwing a temp, uh, you know, tantrum. Which and is quite something. Cause you had a rebellious streak prior to that. So here you are now in your 50s, mad at God, acting out, rebelling again. And what did it look like that time? So it it, it turned into me working all the time, right? Except, you know, sort of the hidden thing is when I had my kids, right? I tried to take off, right? And I'd spend time with them and, you know, pick them up from school and, you know, lifetime fitness. And we'd do all that. But once they went back to their moms, right, then I turned it on and I was working all the time. And then I would work two jobs. I'd get out of work and I'd go drinking, right? And so something you said uh, was like, I didn't want to be alone, so I went to the bar so I could drink, but I didn't want to be with anybody initially, right? I just didn't want to be alone, right? And, uh, and then I perfected that to where I would get off pretty much anywhere from six to eight o'clock, and then I'd go out drinking and listening to music, right? And it'd be all night, two or three, two or three in the morning, and then I'd go and eat breakfast, right? And then I'd go to breakfast and then I'd go to Lifetime Fitness about four or five in the morning and I would shower and get all in my suit or get ready for work. And I go to my day job and I'd work the day job. I'd take a nap during the day, go to my retail job, get out of that and go partying again. And then, and I was just drinking, um, you know, started just drinking tequila and just, you know, to, to forget things. And there was a few stories in there that, uh, Should I tell some of those? (laughs) We could be here for a while if we did, but I would like you to share about, um, you had mentioned that God, you can't really run away from God, but that he chased you and was there with you. And if you could share about one night, for example, when you were out drinking, you hear this, right? You hear his stories and go, oh, it's going to get ugly and you're going to hit rock bottom. And I know that you did, but I also know that God was so gracious and merciful to you. For example, that night at Gloria's, if you want to share about that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, um, no matter how, um, rebellious or angry, like I was going to really do things against God. He was always there really protecting me. Really. It's just amazing that I am alive and that I didn't kill anybody else. But, um, so, uh, one night, um, uh, this, about this time I've, uh, I've met Martha and we're working together and that's where we worked. And so we'd get out of work and we'd like to go dancing at Gloria's and, and drinking and, um, and you know, 
once you start drinking, you just drink to, you know, you want to forget everything. And we were there, and right before this happens, I'm there. I'm already drunk. It's, you know, it's probably 8 o'clock. We got off at 6, and I'm, I'm toasted pretty easily. And uh, right around this time, I just, this, I just hear the Spirit just speak to me and say, why are you here getting drunk, you know, um, when you could be in your father's house? And I think this is just one of the things that, that started weighing on me that, you know, you got to find your way back. And, uh, and I was just like, I was amazed because, you know, I'd been drinking so much to forget and not hear those things. And it was like, how did that, how did you still get through, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and shortly after that, right, I look over and I'm like, there's Tracy Thor. So Tracy Thor, I've known for 20 something years at the time. And, you know, she was part of the early part of the church. So good friendships, families, we co-led in kids kingdom and stuff like this. And there she is, and she sees me and immediately just walks over, comes over, gives me a big hug, right? And immediately goes, who's this? Who's your friend, right? Martha, right? And just, and, um, but shortly after that, it was her birthday. So shortly after that, like 20 more disciples from church (laughs) come through the door and come straight to me. Hey, bro, how's it going, right? And I'm there just going, what is, you know, like, let's get out of here. And, uh, and, and, you know, that was just one thing that it was just like, no matter what I was drinking, trying, I didn't want to hear the word, didn't want to hear the spirit is like, I was running from God. And he's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm right here the whole time. And she was, she just sat there and just talked to me and just, you know, Hey, you know, we're, we're here for you. I love that story. And y'all need to hear this from Martha's perspective sometimes, <laughs> someday too in the future, because, um, how God worked through your relationship as well was, is pretty inspiring. So then you were at that point where you were turning yourself in. And I remember Christian and I came to visit. Actually, we, we weren't living here in Austin at the time, but we were visiting up at our North Church, and we were back in the Kids' Kingdom area, and we ran into each other back with the kids. Remember that moment? Yeah. So uh, this is another one of those times that um, for some reason, you know, somebody, like I don't think I was coming back to church regularly still. But yeah, I don't know if it was um, somebody invited me to do something. It may have been like Stasia's baptism, you know, things like that, that I'd like, okay, I'll go. And, uh, but for some reason I was at church and then I met you guys and it was, it was uh, 2001 that I met you guys in, in Moscow, right? Yeah. And again, just the spirit came and, and I hear this, the, the scripture was like, it, it, it helped me to see from the heights of which I'd fallen, right? Because when I met them, I was, you know, uh, you know, I was married. We didn't have kids yet, but life was good. Career, right? Marriage and just everything, you know, ministry. We were traveling, encouraging the churches, uh, you know, and it was just this great time. But when I met you guys, right, I was divorced. Just everything had fallen apart, right? And even even my faith. And I can't remember what you said to me, but it was something that, that stuck to me, like I, I've, I've got to find my way back. And, and I think it was after that, I think even then it still took me two years of more of these things happening. But, but that one was pretty critical that, that really, it was just another time to you know kick me down the road, like, come on, you gotta do it. You gotta turn yourself in, but it, it was very difficult. Yeah, I remember that moment because here it was like a, at least a decade later. It was 2012 almost then. And uh, just what you had shared, that scripture from Revelations, that you had forgotten your first love, 
He says to us, you forgot your first love. Remember the heights from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. So for you in that process of repentance and doing those things you did at first, what did that look like? I know some of the guys helped you through that as well. Yeah, so um, I think before uh, I talked to Dave and Dave was all like, um, you know, you need to serve. And I went to, uh, uh, I, I got my kids into kids camp and I, I, um, uh, I volunteered as a counselor, but I think right before that was, um, I worked with Chris Fleckenstein and uh, he would come around and this one time, and I hadn't been out to church in a long time, and he just, he came around the corner at work and just goes, hey bro, I missed you at church. Were, did, you know, were you at church, right? And I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, right? I'm like, dude, I haven't been out to church in months, a year, years possibly. But he just kind of said that, broke the ice, and then he'd come and he'd go, uh, he goes, I'm gonna go pray, do you wanna go pray with me? And I'd like, nope. And he did that for a while, I mean a long time, that he would just come around and go, hey, I'm gonna go pray, you wanna come with me? And I'd, nope, no, no, no. But eventually he came by and, and uh, uh, he asked me and I go, um, he goes I'll, I go, I'll go with you, but I'm not gonna pray. And then, and then, um, that happened a couple times and then eventually I think I went out and prayed and then I think started coming out to church and then um, I think Dave's saying, you know, you, you've got you've to sort of get in and get back to doing what you're doing and serving and I go, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this upright, commit, right? And start coming out to church on a regular basis and volunteer at kids camp and uh, so I'm out there and it's day two and I'm not ready for it. Right, I'm not spiritually ready for, I mean, it's one thing to have your own kids, but then when you have 15 kids and you don't know anything about them and how to do it, it was like day two, I'm out, put the kids to bed, right? And I'm out there praying and uh, I'm like, I'm ready to go tell Dave, I'm leaving. I can't, I can't last any more day. So I went into this other room and there was an, uh, one of the elders from the Dallas church was there and we just started talking, right? And, and you know, it was just one of those, you know, talk me off the cliff and, you know, just hang in there, you know, go and pray some more. And I, I and, you know, I probably stayed up till two or three, uh, just praying and stuff like that. But it was just, he, again, he just sat there and, you know, yeah, you know, just related and we talked and then I, f I finished out uh, camp and I think it was probably the next day that where it was pool day. And so I got out there and, uh, you know, we're in the pool and we're at the diving thing. I'm like, okay, it's time to show off a little bit. So, so, so I do a, so I'm there and of course I'm not thinking, right? And I do, a, you know, uh, uh, off the board a, a one and a half. And b by the time I come out of the water, right, the next kid right behind me is trying it. So now all the kids are just, you know, trying to do flips, belly flop, and I'm like, well, that probably wasn't a wise idea, right? Because they're just, they're just trying. But Cody's eyes, Cody just lit up like, that's my dad, right? And he was just, he was just so proud. And I was like, oh yeah, that just, that was just another moment that's going, yeah, this is, this is this was really good. This is what it's about. Again, God has been so gracious to you, and I love that He draws us back. The uh, Bible says it's His loving kindness that leads us towards re repentance. And yeah, it hurts along the way, and we hurt other people along the way. But God is so patient with us and so loving, and in His kindness, continues to draw us back. And through your son's eyes you got to see things, and I know through your relationship with Marja, and then when Marja got baptized and y'all got married, it's just, it's been an amazing story. We love Charlie, we love your whole family. Ariella's up there in the corner. Um, is there advice that you would have to someone in this room that's 
on their own path, maybe at a point where they realize, I need to reconstruct my faith. What would your advice to them be? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that um, I had to stop fighting and stop rebellion and uh, turn yourself in. And and just, I think you got, I had to um, basically uh, burn it all down and go back to Jesus is the cornerstone, right? Forget everything that I'd known. Now, I brought a lot of that back because not all of it was, you know, um, um, bad building. But, but I did have to uh, let go of what I built. This was, this was me, not necessarily God. And I went back and just had to find my identity and, and realize that um, I'd lost myself and my identity was, was me, my career, you know, what I'd built versus, you know, nothing had changed. My identity in Christ hadn't changed. I had just forgotten that. Mm-hmm. So I think um, getting back to serving, you know, sacrificing, um, that, that was important to me. Um, what was it we were talking about? What was the- We talked about service and surrender and taking responsibility. Yeah, and so I think one thing that would, would try to creep in would be that I'd say don't blame people in the church, right? You can always, um, and, I, and, and I never really had a hard time about it, but I could feel it creeping in, like, like uh, you blame Dave and Angela, right? Why, um, why didn't they get in there and, and tell me more? Or, you know, you can always, and I was like, well, no, no, this is all my doing, right? It was, um, it was, it, it and so I think that was the biggest thing that, that, that I would say just because when, um, when there's that tendency to blame other people, then it took the responsibility off of me that I've got to do something, right? It's, and so I think that was, uh, that was um, and then it, it was, that made it easier to come back because it was easier to, to apologize for just what I had done and not this grudge because I think, I think there's, that was one of the things that held me back was, was what people thought of me, right? And it was like, dude, nobody, everybody's got their own lives. Nobody's, you know, nobody cares about what you, what you're, uh, not, not, not that they don't care, right? But it's, nobody's talking about you like behind your back like you think they are or something like that. But, but I think that was probably, um, that's probably the biggest thing is just don't blame anybody. If, if you're, for me, I, I think what I realized is I'd gotten to that, spot because of me right and uh and because i had allowed it to get so bad no one was going to be at that point no one was going to be able to help me god said you've got to come to me and that was it okay i don't know if you can see up there but he's tearing up yeah (laughs) god broke me i used to never cry at nothing but grief recovery helped me to soften my heart and i think that that was probably also what had happened is like, you feel nothing, you're, you're out of touch and, and I need to break the hardness in, in your heart and your life and, and this is where I'm at. I love your soft heart. I appreciate your humility and sharing with us today and I know that these are tears of gratitude for what God has done in your life since. Mm-hmm. We love you guys, we love our friendship with you. Thank you for having a humble heart and for being willing to serve and for allowing God to help you and the men that he put in your life and women to help you reconstruct your faith in him and for really being a great example to all of us. Mm. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you.